long time ago, a wise man once said, a journey of a thousand miles ends with a single step. I have a question for you. What does that single step look like for the journey or the pursuing of the dream that God has for you? Have you already taken that single step, but you're discouraged and you need some encouragement to keep on going in the journey that God has for you? Maybe it is you haven't even taken that single step yet. Have an idea of what God wants you to do in ministry, or maybe a dream that you want to pursue or a goal. You have no idea where to start. If you have these questions, don't worry. I am here to help on this podcast. I want to engage in these conversations with guest speakers along the way who have inspiring stories to tell that will be an encouragement to you help you to continue the journey or the dream that God has for you, or maybe even to take that. I also want to engage with them on other conversations that we need to hear, like how the ministry is going, how their life is going, maybe even some fun conversations like sports and entertainment. So without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome to Journey Begins Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the updated episode. What's up, everybody, and welcome in on the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know, I know what you are thinking. Where in the world was the update from the Las Vegas trip? I know it's supposed to be a daily thing, but let me explain myself. First off, we were staying with somebody's house, and they were on the other side of the house, so I wanted to stay quiet as much as possible, even though I had the chance to be a part of a podcast, which was a fresh film podcast. So shout out to, to them. Uh, they're doing a good job uh, pursuing the dream of film work, so check them out. Anyway, um, another thing was... Idea Summit was fairly busy. We were uh, catching up with some friends of my dad's and getting to new, getting to meet new people. Excuse me, and seeing what God has in store. So I kind of got caught up from that. Plus, we were doing some disc golf and all that. So shame on me. I apologize. But now, on this episode, I want to give you an update on what I have learned and uh, the topic on the importance of reflecting. I'm really excited to share with you on this. No, I do not have a guest speaker. Once again, I want to share with you how hard it is to get a guest speaker on. They'll say yes, and then they'll drop out in the last minute, and it's no fun. But if you would like to be part of the podcast, DM me at Instagram, the city boy for life. Make sure to put the dots in between uh, those words, city.boy.4life, and uh, I'll get you set up to uh, be a guest speaker. But anyway, I am really looking forward to expanding this podcast and really looking forward to seeing what God has in store. I feel like this podcast is needed because we're at a point in time where Christians are not really stepping up in terms of sharing their faith and not just sharing the faith, but also sharing their awesome testimonies. When I interviewed Mr. Michael Eaton, uh, shout out to him. 
on episode three, I had a couple of guys come out to me and say, hey, I've been struggling with this. Thank you so much for doing this. And so I realized that this podcast is needed in terms of not just sharing testimonies, but sharing stories and uh, questioning on hard topics that us Christians really need to really struggle with. And I am really looking forward to growing this. And I pray that if this is your first time listening to uh, this podcast, or if this is uh, your seventh or eighth episode, please really engage with me on this. Um, not only do I want to grow this, but I want to see the fruits that come out of this. So please um, look me up on the uh, social media platform. Message me saying, hey, I, w- I have an awesome story to tell. Would you like me to come on? And I will definitely get you on for sure. And I, I want to connect with you. I, I want to connect more people to grow in uh, the journey that God has for me to become a church planner of Detroit. But also I want to engage with others to encourage them to, hey, I'm praying for you. Or, hey, what, what can I do for you since uh, you're in town? Or is there something that you need? Uh, stuff like that. So if you would like to connect with me, please look me up. I am um, available almost pretty much um, any day except for Sunday, of course, which is the time of worship and rest. But anyway, um, without further ado, let me talk about how things went in the Las Vegas trip and what I've learned. So Saturday morning, uh, well, let me back up. Uh, Friday night, my cousin, uh, Sarah and Jeremy, shout out to them, came over to sleep at our house uh, due to the fact that they have an awesome opportunity to be a uh, associate uh, assistant pastor over in Ohio. And there could be a great chance that the Lord would be leading uh, for them to move from Missouri from where they're from to Ohio. So I'm praying for that. Um, if you could pray with me about that, that'd be awesome. But anyway, Friday night, I could barely sleep. I was hanging out with them for a little bit. And of course, they were exhausted from a long um, trip that they had from Missouri to get to us. So then I finally slept Saturday morning. I felt a little rough, quite honestly. I was really tired. And... The great thing was we had a direct flight to Las Vegas, so I know that it was going to be a four and a half hour flight so we could rest. Well, apparently um, it felt awful at a direct flight. I, I'm i the type of guy that loves to get moving and going around even though I am uh, extremely tired. I just go, 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 go. I think I went like four or five times in the restroom in the four and a half hour direct flight. Yeah, something like that. It was crazy. But anyway, I was waiting. I rest a little bit. My dad didn't have a problem. I mean, he I mean, he slept away and uh, listened to some books and podcasts and he he just had a blast. Let's put it in. I did not. Uh, I felt uncomfortable with wearing the mask the entire time and just basically keeping myself into pain until we were at Las Vegas. And I know Part of it was the reason why was because I was getting anxious because Las Vegas would be my first time being there. And since my dad had been there three, four times, I mean, he the, the dude's like chill. <laughs> but anyhow, um, 
funny, but he he is just cool as a cucumber when it comes to flights. I mean, sometimes he'll get, I mean, a little bit uh, motion sickness, but he's just cool when it comes to that. Me, I got to get around. I, you, you can't stop me from relaxing. And if like I am extremely tired or if I feel like I need to relax, I will relax. But at that moment, I was just getting anxious to go to Las Vegas and I just didn't want to stop moving. But anyway, after that four and a half hour flight, we got to Las Vegas. And first thing I noticed out of Las Vegas is it was it, when I saw the pictures and when I saw the movies of Las Vegas, um, it is everything that I imagined and more. But I was not expecting Las Vegas to be dry because um, my head was thinking another thing in terms of it being green. But I realized that they kept it green in the uh, Las Vegas Strip area, uh, but it looked fake. So, but anyway, it, it, it was green there and then outside of the Las Vegas uh was nothing but uh, desert and just uh, dirt kind of like sand but it was uh it, it was just like if uh, if a dry dirt was combined with moisture in terms of, like a little moist uh, that would be like um i know when you get like a little bit of moist in the, in the dirt it it produces a little bit of mud but this one was just like a little bit of little bit of moist, but a whole lot of dirt you could uh, literally kick on. It was it was crazy. I was not expecting that. I also was not expecting a mountain view. Uh, literally, it's like a 360 turn, and you see nothing but mountains beyond the city and beyond the desert scenery. And I was just amazed on how. Las Vegas is literally um, surrounded by a wall of mountains, and they're just beyond. Um, they're just beyond our view. It was beautiful to see, especially especially on a sunset. It was it was really beautiful. I was hoping to get a picture of that, but apparently uh, my phone wasn't allowed because it was either dead or it was back at the place where we were staying. So I did get some pictures on the mountain views and us disc golfing and all that, which I'll get to that a little bit later on. But if you would like to check out the pictures, um, please, uh, again, look me up on the social media platform. I posted it out. You'll see a little bit of the highlights of what we did in Las Vegas, which was amazing. Once we got into the Las Vegas airport, of course, we got our stuff and at our airport, at the Indianapolis airport, you got to understand that the to get a car, it's literally just right there, and you can get the car and go. This Las Vegas one, this one's different. You have to literally ride a bus in order to get to a dealership to to get you a rental car, and it was a little bit strange, um, especially since I wanted to go exploring what Las Vegas was like mostly disc golfing for that day. We uh, waited for our car. And I remember we were supposed to grab, 
some kind of, I think it was like a 2010, 2011 Hyundai or something like that. And we were waiting in line. And then the guy says, would you like to upgrade for free? And we took it. It was a 2020 Nissan Altima. It was really nice car, lots of space. It gave uh, room for my dad and I to basically uh, be comfortable while we're driving and while we're, of course, riding. And it gave a lot of storage for our stuff, which was pretty fantastic. So that was kind of an answer to prior to, to that because the Hondas are usually a little bit smaller. But to upgrade for free like that, that was uh, really amazing. So, But anyway, after we got done, we went to go to our location to a disc golf place called the Wild Horse, which, by the way, shout out to Innova Disc Golf. They are about to host the Las Vegas Challenge, I believe, which is a disc golf tournament, and a lot of players will be there, and it was really cool to uh, experience what it's like for the players to play there. It's not an easy course to play, but it's a lot more fun when you have golf carts with it, literally right uh, right on a uh, on a golf course, so you you would have to wait for a player to get done if he was playing on the golf side, and you would literally have to take turns back and forth between disc golf and golf, in which it was okay, but at the same time it was kind of getting annoying, and it would make more sense of why they would close the golf course down for the disc golfers playing on that tournament, which would go a little bit more smooth. But anyway, we still had a good time. Um, before that, we tried, it was my dad and I's first time of trying in and out. It was a really, really good, <laughs> in fact, that was probably one of my uh, favorite meals I ate there. Dad's meal was the mama bird. If you are from the Las Vegas area and you've not heard of the mama bird, basically it's um, homemade family style restaurant really really good stuff i will i will say the thing that i had was a chicken what was it chicken bologna sandwich i know that sounds weird and i wish i wouldn't have had it <laughs> and if you are the owner or work at mama bird i am so sorry but that sandwich was it was okay but my my dad had another thing and he said it was fantastic including the breakfast that he had there Anywho, we uh, tried the In-N-Out, and it was fantastic. Fully um, recommend it there. If you ever go to the West, you've got to try it out. It's, it is really good. Would I say it's as good as Five Guys? Yes. Would I say it's better? Mm, that will be up for debate. <laughs> but anyway, I uh, after that, we kind of settled in to our place that we were at. And like I said before, uh, that we shared a room with uh, another who owned the place. And so it was a little bit tough on our part to um, – we had privacy for the most part, but it was tough to kind of not be so disturbing. But they were mostly out, which was, which was good until the nighttime, of course, when – back from whatever they were doing but anyway we settled in and the room was big uh, two beds which was amazing and we 
had a bathroom where it has no doors and to close in to have privacy you would have to open up these two closet doors and literally block the section to where you can have, have some privacy it wasn't that bad it was just not preferable <laughs> but anyway um so we got settled in and all that and sunday came and i believe sunday was a really uh it was a great time for me uh, to learn from Pastor Josh Tice. A huge shout out to him and his church, Southern Hills Church, for uh, hosting the Idea uh, Summit, which was a fantastic event, which I'll get to here in a little bit. But um, we got to be a part of his church. He preached on heavy duty, uh, the what it takes to be a strong family, and he was speaking about fathers. And he made some interesting points to where I'm getting to the point where I'm coaching a basketball guys of the organization called Ball 46201. And some of them, I'm not going to say their names because I know some of them listen to the podcast, but some of them call me dad. And I consider it as an honor and a privilege. But at the same time, for me, that um, I wasn't sure if that title would fit me. Considering how I'm not just a coach, but a friend to them, because um, these inner city guys are in need of not just friendships, but relationships that bond together. And for them to say that, especially growing up with dads that are really struggling, I consider an honor and privilege. And Pastor Josh was making out some points on what what's the what's the role of the dad, what he's supposed to do and all of that. And and I was just truly blessed and encouraged by what he had to say for that. Uh, he made a way to where he does three services. And according to what I know, the three services are filled up with at least 150 to 200, which if I'm not mistaken, that's close to 500 people that he has in the three services, which is amazing of how God is working in the Las Vegas area, including his dad, which first started it there. And I'm really excited to see how Las Vegas is starting to change a little bit and how God is working in the area, especially using the Tice family. for sure. So after that, we got into the Idea Summit. And now I want to share with you of what I learned from the Idea Summit. So late as of lately, I've been uh, struggling with something, and I was struggling with uh, the fact of I, I came to the understanding of the Independent Fundamental Baptist Circle was hurting people, and not necessarily people that know of but people when i tell them about christ okay i'm an independent fundamental baptist i stopped using that term because when i say fundamentalist they automatically think of the wrong that people have been doing to others in terms of that my co-workers i have four of them that grew up independent fundamental baptist and they were hurt by their pastor or they were hurt by somebody else in the church and clearly you know it was not their fault it was the pastor or somebody else's fault that uses their authority to basically abuse them. And so they will not come back to church because of that. 
And I really struggled with that word. And I'm, I was trying to, I was trying to, well, I grew up with this and I don't know how. If you come to the Ideas Summit, it's a independent Baptist area circle where we're starting the new area of what the independent Baptist looks like. Men who are willing to preach the word of God, who are willing to put their lives on the line to be church planners and missionaries in a way that reaches people the gospel, in a way that helps people instead of using their power to abuse people, in a way that uses their finances and their money for the right resources. This is the things that I found in the Idea Summit that I learned that we are coming in a now day and age where the independent Baptist church new era is coming. And I want to be a part of that. And I will not be considered, I will not put the name fundamentalist because one, I, it's not that I don't want to scare people off. It's just because of the fact that I believe I have found my identity in terms of the independent era. And I know that will hurt some of you, but I hope that this does not break your heart in terms of my relationship with you. I still want to connect with you and be friends. And I will green you on on some parts of the fundamentalist faith. But I don't consider myself as a fundamentalist anymore. I I have come to the realization that the word has been used in so many different areas that it's hurt so much people to where it has scared a lot of people away, including my co-workers. They don't want to talk about it anymore because I consider myself as, a, as an independent fundamentalist. And I sort of realized that my mission is not to my, identify myself in terms of the ways. I was reminded by uh, Kerry uh, Schmidt. Um, if you have not heard of him, he is a fantastic author and writer. Check out his books. They are amazing. And a huge shout out to him. Uh, he's been a huge encouragement to me and to my dad. He was talking about the identity and where we stand. We have put ourselves in two categories, which the church falls in way too many categories and where the world falls. The uh, theological identity and the modern identity. And a lot of times, the, oh, excuse me, traditional identity, I should say. I'm getting out my notes here. There we go. Traditional. And he was talking about how the traditional identity views that you are looking up to another person and you're checking off the list and say, okay, you're doing a great job. He was putting out the negative falls in terms of that. He says, if you don't put the expectations, then, you know, you fail. You, you're a failure. You can't do anything right. And sometimes, sometimes I think that's where, that's where we lie. Sometimes we can get in trouble of that. There are some good, yes, there's some counseling, there's some relationships, but if we can be really honest, that's where we've come to in terms of church. I am seeing that all over the United States is we've come to the traditional identity and it's hurt our churches. Yes, there are really good things to that, but it has really hurt us in terms of how we view the church. Another one, which I said before, is the modern identity. 
where we think it's me, me, me. I identify myself. I identify myself as this. I identify myself as that. And I struggled with that for quite some time because I was, I was telling people that I was I was trying to find my identity in terms of who I am as a church planter, who I was going to be, if I was going to be independent, fundamental Baptist, if I had to be something else and all that. It, I was just really struggling. And I realized I'd come to the point where I was in the modern identity. And I'm going to get to the third point, which hit me hard. But the modern identity says it's me. I identify myself. If you don't agree with me, then I'm going to put you out kind of a deal. And I, I kind of realize um, I don't fall into that category, but I can fall to the traditional identity and I can fall into the modern identity. I realized I have basically been a tug of war for me in terms of, okay, traditional identity. No, no, no. Modern identity, traditional identity, modern identity. And then he goes, stop. Carrie goes on to the third identity, and which is the gospel identity, and I love this. He says the two is what separate us apart. The third one is what brings us unity of Christ, knowing that we are all on a mission for Christ, spread out the gospel. And I, it hit me. The mission for me is not to find my identity. I know where I stand in doctrine. I know where every, every pastor stands in doctrine. But the different goals that we have, it's okay. It's okay because what's most important is realizing that we all have a gospel identity in the gospel. We all have a gospel identity and a passion for Christ. And we are to support one another and where we're at, to pray for one another and to Share the gospel with them. Let it be the mission of Christ to go into the world and to preach the gospel, to be a gospel identity. And I love how he put it that way. Excuse me. It shook me so bad to understand where I was at in my identity, realizing that I should be in the gospel identity in terms of understanding that, yes, I have different beliefs and, yes, I have different things that I want to see done in the church. But it is the mission of us Christians for us to support each other and to reach out the gospel. So that's what I've learned. And we went into a second day, Tuesday, and it shocked me of how many pastors were in agreement with each other. It was in shock that there were some differences, but they realized how to solve it together. And it was beautiful to see that we are unified in Christ. And I was truly encouraged by that day, especially with everything that was going on. I truly, truly was amazed by how God was working in that place. And I really did appreciate that. So the title of this is The Importance of Reflecting. And 
want you guys to know that I will never forget this day. I'm going to reflect on what my dad and I did in Las Vegas. This, this two days have changed my life in terms of my motivation for reaching out the gospel to possibly Detroit. And I want to say that I'm going to reflect that each and every day. I'm going to look in my notes and continue to encourage myself to, to move on. And the reason why I say it is very important to reflect on uh, days like these, you will have certain days where you will um, have something that sparks you, that energizes you to reach out for Christ, that will be an encouragement, and you don't want to forget it. And you don't need to forget it because that is what God has placed in your life to be a way of reflecting on what has happened and what it is to come. So remember, remember the good times, not the good times in terms of the world views or things that you've done with family and all that, even though those are good times. Good times in terms of where something shook you to where you want to serve Jesus. Something that you want to become like Jesus. Something that made a light bulb go off in your head and say, okay, this is where I need to start my journey. For those who are continuing their journey, reflect on that. Remind yourself, hey, th this is where I started. I need to reflect on this and I need to see what God wants me to do moving forward. And for the pastors who are listening, I I am really praying for you, knowing that COVID has really hit. But reflect on the day when something made you spark, something made you want to serve Jesus with all your heart. Remember that. I want to encourage you with that. There's too much discouragement that goes on in the COVID-19 to where us pastors and us ministry leaders need to realize that not only just to encourage each other, but to reflect on the mission for Jesus. So this is what I want to encourage you with. You are a ministry leader, a pastor, or if you're somebody who has started a journey or a dream and you are at a point where you just need encouragement, reflect on the day when you wanted to start or when you wanted to start that dream. Go forward. Go pursue it. Keep going. Remind yourself of why you wanted to serve Jesus. Remind yourself why you wanted to pursue that passion, why you wanted to pursue that dream, why you wanted to start the journey for God. I promise you that will be your fuel moving forward to not just getting over COVID-19, but really having a fire and a sense for Jesus. This podcast is made possible by Anchor Podcasts, the easiest way to make a podcast. Are you interested in making a podcast of your own? Try out Anchor Podcasts. Best part, it is free. Now, I want to talk to you about the ways that you can access Anchor. Anchor is not just easy to use. It is also one of the most simple ways to make a podcast. 
are making money by using the money distribution to help you in not just funds, but also in supported sponsorships on your episodes. It also allows you to uh, create new episodes and unlimited times of recording. The limited times are 30 minutes, but if you use another device that allows you to record yourself, you can download that file onto Anchor Podcast, regardless of how long you go. Maybe you go an hour, maybe you go 10 hours, who knows? But it is the easiest way to make a podcast. And if you are interested in wanting to try this out, please try it out. Also note, it is a name brand change. It is now anchored by Spotify. So look that up online and get started right now. I hope that you are blessed and encouraged by the conversations that we've had on this podcast. If you would like to reach out to me, once again, look me up at City Boy for Life. Remember to put the dots on city and boy. So look me up on Facebook at Trey Rowell. I'm available on Messenger if you would like to message me. Also, I am available through Gmail if you want to do it that way at indyt 2000 at gmail.com. Once again, thank you for tuning in, and I'm looking forward to the next episode.